What population is an important part of the church membership, but ignored until it's too late? What department is always looking for volunteers and has seasoned leaders burnt out and discouraged? If you said youth and young adults, and that department is youth ministry, then I have to say that I completely agree with you. My name is Eric Jean-Baptiste, and welcome to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. Here, we discuss all the difficult and rewarding work that is engaging with youth and young adults today. We do that by having open conversations with those in this field at every level in the church today. So, let's not be silent. Let's join in the conversation. All right, everyone, and welcome to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. I am very excited today. I hope you are, because I have with me Sister Natalie Petit, the president of the New England Franco-Haitian Youth Federation. How are you doing today, sister? I am well, and yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So um, I'm very happy to have a fellow Haitian and uh, who is in youth ministry uh, on the podcast today. So we'll just get started and ask if you could give a short bio about yourself and why you love ministry so much. Sure. So I um born and raised in Massachusetts for most of my um, career and education is all within Massachusetts. Um, I started in youth ministries, we could start from there, at a young age um, where I was heavily involved with um, the youth department. So at like about age 13, let's just say I was um, in the youth department as a regular member led into being a secretary that led into assistant director that led into youth director um and then that also spirals into pathfinder director as well and um in the midst of that i have a wealth of knowledge over 10 years of knowledge on um how to minister to youth understanding the trends and then also learning ways to improve on the trends um and so within youth ministries alone i have been able to um serve on the federation level which is connected to the northeastern conferences over 10 different federations so our federation represents massachusetts and rhode island so it's about over 15 different churches where i work hand in hand with the youth directors um and making sure that there are there we are as a federation a liaison to the, the youth directors but also helping to instill programs helping to instill um camaraderie amongst the youth so that they feel that they are connected and heard in any sort of way um but in short that is um how the role of as president that i service with the team and then i also work with the youth directors and we also work with other federation other youth um departments as a whole or youth-oriented organizations um, in the community as well to help bridge the gap to Christ and to our youth. Awesome. So in that answer, you said that there are trends that you have to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure someone who's listening to now is like, hmm, what, what trend is happening right now that you have to pay attention to and with engaging with young people? I think um, the main trend that I would say is that 
gone are the days that when we would isolate those that were uh, different, that were special. Um, I think now that we're seeing the trend is the learning disabilities that many of our youth have um, and that there are much more resources outside of the church. So whether it is um, programs designed for those with learning disabilities. I went to a college that specialized in learning disabilities. Um, those are trends that we as a society are now seeing that we need to focus happy less specialized in those um, but then also having worked with hand in hand one-on-one -on -one with someone to help them thrive um, how in the church is there someone responsible or department responsible for helping said trends um, whether it is those with learning disabilities um, those with mental health illnesses um, those with um, troubles at home um, who at church is there a church member or a church department that's assigned to say for instance um, social development within the family how can we work with said family that is um, troubled um, and making sure that they succeed in any sort of way so within trends I would say learning disabilities mental health awareness um, I would say also to the feeling lost within a community even mm -hmm. though you think that you have a community as well um, and the list goes on as well Wow. So basically, it's you're, you're basically saying that there's a lot of knowledge out there now, a lot of research. So there's no there's the, the excuse of, well, they have a learning disability. We don't know how to deal with that. Or uh, they have a mental illness. We don't there, there's no more excuse. Every young person, there's some there's some curriculum, there's some program yeah. that they, we can utilize to reach every mm -hmm. single situation, every single home. So. Uh, that's an awesome answer. Thank yes. you for that. Um, so you are not only dealing with you, you uh, engaging with youth and young adults, you are in the Franco-Haitian community. So could you give us a little bit yes. of insight of how Haitian Seventh-day Adventists engage with youth and young adults? That is an amazing question. Um, and I would say that I can't generalize all Haitians. I can't generalize all churches um, because I have walked through many different churches that are doing things differently that fits their needs and fits their culture and fits their group. Um, but I would say in terms of how Haitian churches are connecting with young adults, um, I want to take it outside of youth ministry. So I would say um, I have seen churches that have um, young adults as their church clerk. I have seen young adults as their treasurer. Um, this is not a trend that is happening in every church, but I'm just saying um, youth and young adults are not just for the youth department, but they also are for the betterment of the church. So mm -hmm. in a way that they are here to help you and not hurt you as an organization. I have seen um, young adults in um, the AV and technology. So servicing um, your websites and everything like that. So giving the more social aspect of the church. Um, so ministering outside the four walls, and let's just say. Um, I, as a Haitian, having been born and raised at my my church, I've been born and raised is um, Philadelphia SCA. Um, and so I have seen um, from birth to now um, the transition of how we service young adults as well. Um, but I also see that there is a divide. 
So I'm not gonna just say like, oh, it's going well and great, but there is a divide amongst the churches and how um, you have your most senior members who you know, are um, grandfathered in to lead the church, um, whereas young adults are just saying, give us one shot, one way of feeling connected. And this is something that I was, I preach from the mountaintops to every person is that the only way that I will stay connected in an organization is if I feel connected or feel belonging or feel um, some sort of um, need for me to be here. And if I don't feel any of that, it's the same way at work. If you are not provided with work to do, you're not going to stay there. Um, it's the same way with any relationship that you are in. If you are putting in all the work and not getting anything back, then there's no need to continue to be in that relationship. So um, I would say for the Haitian community as a, as a whole, um, and again, not to generalize, um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I mean, we are shifting in terms of helping and allowing the young adults to feel um, needed and wanted, um, but I just feel like there's a lot that needs to be done to show the need and the want. Wow. Yeah. Cause that, that's something that I'm very passionate about as well. Um, mm -hmm. because, uh, back in Southern New England conference, I was, there was no federation like Northeastern has, but I mm -hmm. was basically visiting all those Haitian churches and, and like you've seen, there's different cultures within churches mm -hmm. in, in the Haitian community where there are young adults that are being utilized and, uh, but then there's some churches where it, they're not being utilized at all or they're being yeah. taken advantage of or they're not given a voice they're being used but they're not given a voice mm -hmm. and and that, you know so that's something i i've i've had to deal i had to engage with a lot and be that spokesperson for those young people and those yeah places. so um it's 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 a it's a lot it, it is a lot of work to be done you can see that in yeah. yahas and all these things and and that's why I like having this these conversations so that people can see that there are churches that are doing very well. There are some churches that need a lot of work to be done, but let's mm -hmm. communicate with each other. Let's learn. Yeah. From each other. Yeah. Yes. So you know, so I like. I I also wanted to talk with Northeastern all the time and John Jabatis and all these mm -hmm. things and just learn from you guys. So um, I think that's that's really great. Um, the other question I want to uh ask you is wh why do you feel a strong need to reach out to the younger generation what what drives you to continue this work in youth ministry sure so um i do want to piggyback off of something you just said um and i will get to that question one well, comment that i want to say is um when we see a church is thriving in some said or era or some said field or doing something is right there it is not upon us to judge that church for what they're doing but it's for us to learn from what they're doing so in a sense if we're seeing that a young adult population is heading towards this said church um we can't just say oh they're stealing all of our youth what are we doing here to sustain them and what are we doing here to keep them i recently was working with a youth director where they had a list of excuses as to why the youth were not in the church and i kept asking the same question so what are you doing to keep them what are you doing right now to motivate them and it was every response back was the excuse as to why they're not there so i think it's important for us to learn um 
it's the same way as any organization. So I, I work in a big organization right now where, well, all the neighboring, you know, competitors have the said field, task, job description, or persons, or they're currently doing that. So we have to do it too. So I think that's where we as a church fail in terms of we're not here to be a competition, but we're here to, again, mm. brotherhood is not competition. It's way of us learning. So if this one program is thriving in this organization or this church, maybe it's something that we could, you know, put our own spin on it and make it happen. Um, so that's, that was that one thing that I wanted to add. Um, but what gets me intrigued about youth ministries and staying connected with the youth um, is two parts. One, the youth will tell you like it is, and they'll tell you the honest truth. And I love um, the authenticity of being around the youth. They always keep everything lively. There's no dull moment when you're working with youth. Um, you're always going to have a good time. And growing up, I would say at Philadelphia, my church is that there's always been, and I'm sure this is something that's the trend in most other churches as well, uh, the generational gap. And I've always made it so that um, I remember I learned early on Muhammad Gandhi's um, uh, quote that says, be the change you want to see. And I've always been intrigued by that, where it's just like, how do I make the gap smaller or just non-existent? And I would say, um, we could say the gap now at Philly is no longer there. I mean, granted, yes, there is... Um, a large number of youth that are not there, but you cannot not say that there isn't like at least two or three from each generation that is still there. Um, and so being that example, I didn't have much examples ahead of me um, to say like, I, and I've never achieved to say, I wanna do exactly like she did it or like exactly like he did it. Um, I've always, God has allowed me to carve my path and to carve a way for me to like make make it be an example. I don't live to be um, everyone's role model. I don't live to be everyone's, um, you know, I have youth that come up to my parents are always like, oh, felt just like, you know, not me fed. And it's like, no, 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 you live your life the way you live your life. Don't um, try and mimic everything I did because all the trials and tribulations I went through are things that taught me to be a better person and like i tell some i give you advice right now it's not going to resonate with you right now but it might resonate with you later um and so i would say i've always wanted to keep that gap closed um and to be an example and i've always wanted to like not a teacher but to just share resources with people so because i didn't get those resources growing up so i want to make sure that the other person behind me the doors left open for you to get those resources um, and to know that there are genuine people out there that are really wanting to vouch for you and be your cheerleader um, because again they didn't have that growing up uh, and then also again the kids are always full of spirit and spike yes. um, and spunk <laughs> and yes. so you're always gonna get that um, that love from them as well and it's always and I always am what thrills me the most about youth ministries is that I um, I'm always checking in on the youth um, if mm -hmm. I'm traveling to a state and I know that there's a youth in that state, I will reach out and say, even if you don't respond back, I will still, you know, just reach out and say, I'm in town, um, let's hang out. And that's something I've always done. Um, Cause the goal is to know one person in each state, <laughs> but, um, but even, either way it's for them to know that there's some that's always looking out for them. Um, and in retrospect too, they'll connect, contact me and say hey here's an update and I am so thrilled when I get updates from them in a way to say like you know keep going keep going keep going because they are going to be able to achieve more than I've ever achieved um and that's every generation as well
Beautiful. Awesome. Um, so you're, you're saying some powerful things and some things that I resonate with and some things I'm very familiar with. It's just having those conversations with young people so that they are willing to engage back with you. And so you can know what's happening in their lives. So you show that you have compassion and you're caring about them. Yeah. And that makes all the difference, especially it keeps you young. That's what I'm going to say. It keeps you young. It, it sure does. You yeah. know the latest slang. You know the you latest know. technology, the latest dance. You, you, you are still in the, the jive of things. Yes, <laughs> so. yes. Even though, even though that word is a very old word, the jive, <laughs> the jive, but still it's, it, it keeps you, it keeps you up to date, you know, yes, so indeed, indeed. it's, it's really good to keep yeah. and, and, and I always say it's just like how Jesus was. He, he said, no, don't keep the children away from me. I want to, yes. I want to reach every generation, every people. And, um, uh, two things I want to say before I go on to my next question, because you, mm-hmm. you said that um, you said another thing that I always have a little thing about. It's when the church, a certain church says, this church is taking our young adults. Mm-hmm. Our church is taking our youth. And I always want to say, so anyone who's listening right now, you can get mad at me, but I'm going to say this. It is my belief that if a church is taking your your there's no such thing as a church stealing your members Mm, mm -hmm. because you're all seventh day adventists so if Mm -hmm. a member wants to transfer to another church no matter what age group they are in if -hmm. there's a big exodus or something like that that church is fulfilling a need that that group needs and you should not be upset about it you should be praising the Lord that this church can fill that need. And you say, thank the Lord, this church can do that need. And we either need to fill that need ourselves or we continue filling the needs that we can do well. But we're not going to be upset that another church is taking this group of people because we're all Seventh-day Adventists. The one time we should be upset is when they say we're leaving the church entirely. So that's what I always tell everybody. Um, so I just wanted to mention that here so that anyone who's listening know that's my belief um and any church leader who gets upset at that that's fine but if i'm invited to your church and you tell me that this church is taking our young adults this church is taking our our teenagers or this church is taking our our 40 year olds or our our single parents or something Mm -hmm. like that i'm gonna say well that's their ministry don't knock their ministry uplift their ministry so and I and I wanted to add a little notion to that yes. too is that everyone has life events that happen to them that I was unfortunate enough to not like I, I all through grad school and college I had to go to church every week um because mm-hmm. I was also youth director at the time of those in Pathfinder director like if I was Pathfinder director during Oshkosh um in grad school mm-hmm. last year um and I wanted to note that like these things life events happen where you are you know a young family yourself and you can't make it to the church that was 45 minutes away because it takes probably an hour to get out the house and so the fact that we were able to get a family of four out the house is not the same as you know a single person getting out the house and getting to church so i think that's where it's like there's things that we are not able to do once we add onto said um life um there are sometimes too like with a job some have to relocate because they got a house 
two hours away. Um, you know, the, the, these are life events that happen that we can't, we, we prayed on, we prayed on those life events, yes. uh, but we also sometimes can't make it to the local church that we always, always used to make it to. And like you were saying is be thankful that they're still in the church and be thankful that they're still, you know, in the faith, in the community and still servicing. It's not any hard feelings, um, but that church is fitting the need right now. Maybe it is like if it's a single family, um, if it's a family of four with two young toddlers, this church has a children's room that services all day and I could sit in the sanctuary mm -hmm. um, whereas my other church doesn't have that you know so you, you got to look at the you can't look at what others have and judge it maybe we should do the same yeah and uh last thing on that is start connecting with other churches so you yes. realize that it's not a competition yes. start, yes. visit that church and 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 Talk to that pastor and, and meet mm -hmm. their youth leaders and their, their mm -hmm. elders and be like, wow, you guys are doing a great job. I'm not going to be upset at it. I'm going to congratulate. I'm going to say thank you for watching over uh, my former members. I'm going to say mm -hmm. I'm praying for your ministry. So Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm sorry. If, uh, yeah, no, I, no. And it, it's something I spoke with a pastor about where I was like, do you guys talk as pastors? Like, 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 you know, like not the, you know, I know the younger um, generation of pastors do like, you know, invite each other to each other's churches and, you know, it's, you could see a little camaraderie amongst the younger um, SDA pastors. But I think like when I look at some of the older um, pastors too, it's just like one of those, I know I'm a seasoned pastor and I know how to function in church. Um, but like at the same time, certain cultures are captivated by the pastor. So if we're not used to change and we're still doing things in the traditional level, the people that are used to change are gonna go with the change, uh, where changes are happening at other churches. So I think it's important for um, pastors to communicate amongst each other to say, um, I'm actually down, I'm, we're in the red at our church. What are things that you guys are doing to get stay in the black? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, a, it, I don't like, some folks don't like it when I say church is a business, but I think at some points, there are certain things that like, you can't pray out of red when you're still in the red five, 10, 15 years later. You know, so there's like, what are you doing to actually physically make those changes happen? Um, and that requires you to reach out, talk to people, get the right people around your circle. Awesome, awesome. So we, we went into a little bit of a tangent there. <laughs> But you can see between me and Natalie that that's one of our things that we like to talk about <laughs> in youth ministry is yeah. this yeah. feeling of uh, competition among churches rather than camaraderie mm -hmm. and realizing we all, sometimes it can even go as far as other denominations, so but at least it's the same denomination. So why are we fighting exactly. each other? Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. So, so you know it's like yeah um so so i want to ask you natalie it's um into going into mentorship mm -hmm. do you have did you have a mentor or someone who told you something that sticks to you to this day that you still recall i have um i have two outside the faith mentors they are stemming from my education so one is a um 
a former professor of mine and another one's a state trooper that I advertise a lot. Um, she's a lieutenant in the state police right now. And um, those who have been very big cheerleaders for me. In the faith, I've had uh, former presidents of the, so before our federation was established, there was, we were connected to the New, New, England, um, New York Federation, uh, which is the Franco-Haitian Youth Federation, which encompassed all Haitian churches within Northeastern. Um, but then we were a sister chapter at point, and then we became our own federation. And we're still in very good communication, literally speak with them on like a monthly, weekly basis. And so um, the former presidents, I would work hand in hand with them a lot over the years. And these were strong, powerful women that I was always like, I'm always attracted to strong, powerful women. Um, as much as some may think it's like, I'm intimidating by that, but like you are a reflection of who you surround yourself with. And so, um, it may appear as a tough exterior, but it's actually not. It's one of those that like, I have built myself so far and so much, and I have a lot more building myself to do that. Um, I have been able to, you know, study others and study um, what others have failed at so that I don't make the same mistakes in any sort of way. And so I would say, um, and I have a strong mother, strong aunt, strong sister, so, like, so, so there's a lot of other strong people around me. Um, but I would say for my mentor's sake, um, I, those two solid ones that are outside of the faith uh, that I mentioned previous, I remember when I was making life decisions until this day, I kid you not, I still, up, we're, I, I email my professor on like a, a weekly and I go meet with her often, even with my state trooper mentor as well, we meet often. She works at the airport now. And so um, when I'm at the airport, which is frequent, I'll say I'm in town, I'm like, I'm here and she'll come out of and talk to me. So we're always updating each other on life events. And they'll like, say for instance, if I, um, I'm about to make a big move or, or something, a shift or a job or um, considering purchasing a home, which has happened. Um, we'll do this, consider this, consider that, consider. So they've already lived that and they've already told me, consider making this said move, um, reach out to this said person, or did you think of this? Um, and so that has been tremendous in my career and tremendous in terms of how I seek out help. Because um, you also want to seek help from people that have experienced the things that you've, you're about to go through versus people that haven't experienced the things that you have, you've, you're about to go through. Awesome. That's a long answer. But <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it, it leads into um, what the next question I have is, do you believe that young people and young adults in the church today are in need of mentorship and mentors? So the answer I'm about to give is pretty much not a yes answer. Okay. And I say that because sometimes people always want to cling on to the people that they aspire to, where they're not ready to do the work of the what the person gave them to do. So I could say like, um, I... I idolize, um, let's just say Ted Wilson's wife or something like that. And can you be my, my mentor? And she gives me a whole list of things that are things that I need to work on to be a better, you know, say for instance, spouse towards, to, towards someone. And I'm just like, I'm not ready for that. 
and it's like i think it's also another aspect to put into that as the millennial age now is that it looks great what i've done and everything that i've accomplished but it took a lot of work to do what i'm doing and so i would say no if you're not willing to put in work as a mentee yes if you are willing to put in the sacrifice of what it is to be a mentee to a mentor and i could break that down a little bit more but I, I, let me know if you understand what i meant yeah i i, I think i i got it it's basically it's the it, it has to be a two-way street in relationship yes and if the mentor is just giving information and advice and the mentee is not willing to learn from it and do it it's a useless dynamic so exactly yeah exactly so, that's that's what google's for there you go uh, there that you go. is what your textbooks are for um but i think it's just like any type of relationship put in the work and it will motivate because you are both learning the mentor and the mentee both learning but if it's a matter of every time that we're meeting and we're you haven't done anything and you're just riding along to say i have a mentor and you haven't put in work to be a mentee um it's, it's more draining towards the mentor all right so there you go so if anyone is looking for a mentor put in the work um yes you're getting good advice good information so it's a two-way it's a two-way relationship yeah. so because even and so I want to elaborate a little bit more on yes. that is to say that your mentor is giving you like what others would pay to have as advice. Yes. Um, your mentor is also um, sacrificing time to help nourish you as a mentee. But if you are in the same, not doing anything, you're just, you know, you're just there. So just like, you know, the idea of let me pick your brain, picking your brain is expensive. If you're thinking of like, if you go to, um, like today I, at my job, we had a, a senior executive at Apple um, where she just lashed out everything that, you know, her experience from leaving um, her alma mater to where she is at Apple, I'm sure they pay her <laughs> to speak, but like she was able to give a valuable information to new change leaders coming forth. But like to call her up right now, for me to call up and be like, can you explain a little bit more time is money and money is time uh, but when it comes to mentoring at the same time it requires you to put in sacrifice you're putting in a sacrifice to reach out to someone come prepared if you're not really coming prepared then it's harder for me as a mentor to give you what you want and what you desire but i'm not against mentoring <laughs> i'm not against it at all i just want to make sure that for those who reach out to some strong-willed people um that you have to put in the work as well there you go Yes. Um, uh, before I ask you the last question, I'll add on to that because yes, mentorship for those who are looking for mentors, mentorship is not just pure admiration. It's yeah. not idolization because if they are willing to help you, they are, they see potential in you. So put into work because they're saying mm -hmm. that you can achieve what they achieve. So, so yeah. don't just think that they're going to, give you opportunities and then everything comes to to you easy they're just exactly they're just showing you the work that they had to put in to mm -hmm. reach their level so you have to do the hard work too uh yeah so my final question for you sister natalie you, who, mm -hmm. you've given us great stuff today is 
do you have any words of encouragement to anyone who is feeling the call to be in youth ministry, to be in the Franco-Haitian Youth Federation, to be a mentor, but they're feeling a little bit of discouragement, they're feeling hesitation because of the hard work it takes. What words of encouragement would you give? Anything that you need, desire, or want requires patience and it requires time. Um, the running quote right now is, I could sacrifice 10 years and it's in the 11th year that I actually see the results or the fruit of my labor. And I think for me, who started fully getting deeply engaged in youth ministries 15 years ago, I could say, um, I am still, I am at the fruit of my labor, but I'm also now seeing that it is time to pass on the baton. And I'm still young, I'm less than 30 years old. Um, I'm still young. And I see that there is youth that are now moving up and it's time for me to step aside. I see that in myself. There are folks that will still stay and still, you know, be the Debbie Downers. Um, but I would say it takes time and it is not an overnight thriving success. Um, just last night, I was speaking to a youth director at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, and they were very sincere with what their faults are or what their weaknesses are. Um, time management wasn't something that they were great at, but I had to lay out to say, if you ever want to be any type of leader, just know that your followers are following you. And so, or whether whomever's in your staff is leading after you. So they're leading after someone who is um, accurate with facts, someone who is um, punctual with time, someone who is um, assertive. They're looking at some of the best qualities in you and they're without telling you, and that's something that I've learned is that without telling you, I learned this from you, they're using that to better themselves as well. So if you are still growing and I am still growing as a person as well, um, it is something that you have to yourself know your weaknesses so that the devil doesn't take those weaknesses to then, um, you know, come at you in any sort of way. Because I realized, like I said earlier, that when I was in my final year of grad school and I was organizing Oshkosh over 60 people going to Oshkosh from Philly. So go from a big church. Um, and I graduate and some of the things that were said about what was happening around my organization of getting us there was not in agreement with some folks. But I had to remind myself that not everyone is going to be happy with how you do certain things. But if you fail, they will judge you. If you succeed, they will judge you. Um, there's always going to be a never ending um, judgment call. But at the end of the day, when you stay sincere to Christ and you, see, you stay seated at the feet of Christ, that's an important aspect, um, is that the naysayers or the negativity that comes around you, it doesn't ring as loud as the praise that God has over your life. Um, and I can go on and on about the, the, the benefits about being in youth ministries is that um, I have learned professionally, spiritually, um, and personally. And I put those three different categories is that because they all encompass where I am right now. Um, a lot of people think, how do you do it all? 
by the grace of God, and I can say that 10,000 times, the places that I have seen and the things that I've been able to do is by the grace of God. Um, The opportunities that I've had in my life is by the grace of God. Um, I do realize too that right now this little opportunity is going to be the seed for that big opportunity that is to happen. And God has shifted me in so many ways in my mindset that has made me realize that what you are doing right now is going to propel you for later. Um, And it could be three years, it could be four years, it could be 10 years, 15 years. Um, And the way that, and I'm never, I could say this boldly, I'm not a power hungry person, I'm a change maker who's hungry for change. I'm, uh, I always want to see the best in people. And um, a quote that I got today from this senior executive from Apple was that um, the change is not something that you could say Natalie was the reason for this change. The team was the reason for this change. So it's important for you to realize that it's, it is a lonely road. And youth ministries, honestly, sometimes. And that's the same thing about leadership in general, that the road, as you keep, not even the road, as you climb the mountain, it gets lonely. And oftentimes you have to come back down and meet the same people that you passed. Um, but you also have to keep in mind, though, that their um, patience is important. Being consistent, consistency is important. So just because it didn't, this, this Vesper didn't work out this said Friday, do it again next year, next week, or next month. You change. Terms of having the many people um, that you and then keeping yourself surrounded by strong people, like I had said earlier. Um, I still stay connected to all the youth directors from the past and currently present at my said church. I still am involved in my church youth ministry. It's not like oh, if we have English speakers. I left the department. It's not my it's not my problem anymore. Mm. That's not the philosophy that I run by. Again, leaving the door open and allowing people to have the resources um, is something that we have to continue to keep the ministry alive. It's not a power hungry field, but it's something that you will reap the benefits of what you sow. So, if you are staying engaged with the youth, you will reap the benefits of that. Um, where they will reach out to you and say, do you need help? That is something that I love when someone says, can I help you in any sort of way? Um, And it's, it's things like that where you start to learn yourself, learn more about yourself um, where I can probably put together a huge report for you in less than 15 minutes um, because I've done that for 15 years. Um, Whereas if you're just starting as a youth director, that might take you a week or a day. Um, But, the credit goes towards my years of experience, not towards the time that I put into that report um, in any sort of way. I can keep going on, but <laughs> if you get the gist, it's it. Be consistent, yeah. be patient, um, surround yourself with strong-minded people as well. Not just yesers, but people who also tell you no, that doesn't make no sense. Um, you can't do a banquet next month, you know? Um, 
you can't charge people a hundred dollars each if this is an Oshkosh year. Um, you know, be around people um, that are going to push you to do more, to be a part of more. Um, I know, you know, I know I was, I always say the Sam Jerome, like I was under his leadership. Pastor Sam Jerome is now a pastor of two churches, you know, and you guys went to school together as well. And so, I was under his leadership where he would delegate a lot. And that's something that I had to learn to do to delegate, um, even in the midst of all that I have done and all that I do. Um, I can balance well, but I also realize that some people don't have the same trait. Know in terms of your team, everyone's strengths and weaknesses because you don't want to set a high expectation for someone that doesn't do well in said fields that you've given them to. Um, and go with the tide and go with the trends. Um, don't be as disappointed um, when you don't see the turnaround or the turnout. Um, I know sometimes church board could be some people's um, ha the highest anxiety for some folks. I actually mm -hmm. thrive in church board as a strong woman. <laughs> so I think for some, that's where uh, my last thing is like, you know, some of the things that I've been able to do in some of my boardrooms at my job is because of church. Um, I can speak in front of people confidently because of church. Um, I can, again, do so much because of church. And that's why I still stay as connected and still stay in the church. Um, there's not much out there for me to um, enjoy when the church gives me joy. And I, and I have coworkers that are always like, so what are you doing for church this weekend? Mm. And so it's just like, it, it just again the youth give me joy and give me something that um keeps me pushing and wanting more amen so there yeah. we go so sister natalie gave words of encouragement and basically a playbook on mm -hmm. what you need so that you can be um be of course be your own leader uh but yeah yes. you, she has given a lot of great advice and a lot of it I can co-sign on it. So mm -hmm. thank you so much, Sister Natalie, for joining us here at Youth Ministry. No. Leadership 101. Yes. Thank God you. Bless. So that's the episode, everybody. I hope it was helpful, informative, and most of all, inspiring. If you enjoyed this content and know of a church leader or any person who could benefit from this. Stop hesitating and share it with them. Feel free to subscribe and please leave a review and a comment so we can use this platform to help serve each other better. So until next week, I'll see you right here at Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101, where we always say youth ministry isn't a stepping stone into ministry. It is ministry, period. <laughs>